Okay. Douglas, will you chopped herbs? Oh, like three times as much. The lemon zest, the minced garlic. Spoon all this. Oh, like three times as much. Good job, Dougie. As this roast, this is all gonna just be fragrant. Douglas, will you tie that little bad boy up? Good job, Dougie. There's our chicken. Good job, Dougie. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm John Reed, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it is this race to the bottom. You like that? What if I talk like that the whole time? Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the award-winning Race to the Bottom here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Happy Saturday morning. It's like your cartoons. Mm. But instead of cereal, we got that Winslow tea. Thank you, as always, to Winslow sponsoring this program and thank you dear listener for tuning in last week for my interview with sam harris pianist and composer extraordinaire man that was fun in the background we're listening to mr sims by john coltrane let's catch the vibe on this real quick Thank you. 
Yeah. So let's do something different. Let's start it out with a little political checkup. Okay? And this is brought to you by Johnny's Automotive on the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek in Western North Carolina. They do the job right and then check it. That's Johnny's way. Let's hear from Johnny. Johnny's Automotive. The cold weather is now upon us. Is your car prepared? Hi, I'm Johnny from Johnny's Automotive. At Johnny's, we worry about things and check them for you so you don't have to worry about them and check them. What about your wiper blades? Can they stand up to an ice storm? How's your heater doing? Have you checked it recently? What about your brakes? At Johnny's, we make sure that your car is ready to do the job and fight hard against Jack Frost and his wintry mix of friends. Come on down to the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek. The Johnny's, we do it right and then check it. That's Johnny's way. See you soon. Like clockwork. So I didn't talk about the inauguration. Last week, just got right into the program. But it was pretty good. I thought Joe's speech was nice. I love the stuff about uh, Lincoln and committing your soul. I thought that that was heartfelt. And I think, I think that Biden believes that he's committing his soul to bringing this country together. I'm not sure that that's the exact right thing to commit one's soul to think it should be more committing one's soul to making sure that people have health care and a living wage. And maybe if you just force these people <laughs> to, as I've said before, give these uh, Western Pennsylvania aggrieved, economically anxious people, give them a Medicare for all. See, see how long they complain about that. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how long the unity lasts. My favorite part of the speech, though, was when Biden said, and I watched it with my eighth graders. We were in school, and I stopped class, and we watched watched it live. But I, th- I thought when he said that you never know what fate may bring, and that's why we need to take care of one another, got me a little verklempt. It's true. You never know. A wise man once said, life is a box of chocolates, and you never know if which chocolate is going to have a a filling and which one's going to be solid. I think that's from Forrest Gump. He says that. You never know which one's going to have a filling or which one's going to be solid. That's the quote, right? I'm not sure. But we we could ask Tom Hanks on the inauguration night thing at their big celebration. Tom Hanks freezing his ass off out on the Capitol steps. That was fun. It was, I had a fun time um, making fun of, of the proceedings. I thought that there was a lot of cheese, extra cheese that night. But you know, it's it's fun to make fun of things when you're not afraid that your derisive comments might lead to a totalitarian state. My good friend Jake, who's been on the show, Jake Frankel, texted me that the Foo Fighters pres- uh, song was punishment, 
personal punishment to me for being a teacher. They got up there and did their thing, which I've never been into. Bon Jovi got up there and did his uh, lip-syncing karaoke thing. Sounded like somebody's dad. That was bad. Here comes the sun. About keep it a keep it an overcast day instead, right? But all this leads me to uh, a segment of the political checkup. It's a subset that I like to call "What in the crap." What in the crap? What in the crap? So something I was thinking about as I was watching Joe Biden's speech, inauguration speech, as his luscious locks flew in the breeze, is that one thing that brings together Omelette Barr and Biden is the fact that neither of them were able to admit that they are bald. Admit you're bald, guys. What in the crap? We can't have a bald president. Gotta have hair plugs. Don't you think... If you want somebody (laughs) that's able to level with you, no malarkey, right? How about we we get rid of the, the bad weaves? Is that possible? I don't know. But I was not too into most of the music that was used to celebrate uh, President Biden. Although I did appreciate, I don't know very much about her, but I thought Demi Lovato singing Lovely Day, Bill Withers, was, I thought she sounded damn good. And it reminded me of Cece Peniston and her voice and the song Finally. Because finally, we know who's gonna win. We know who did win. We know who we wanted to win, and we know who did win. And can finally not think about Senior Omelette Bar. Gary Mulligan with his song Presenci Dug this This is on uh, Gary Mulligan with the original quartet with Chet Baker It's a good record Vibe out for a second Thank you. 
finished another Nausgaard book, the third in the series. For those who don't know Nausgaard, he's this Norwegian writer who writes in really exquisite detail about mundane things in life. And his work has been comforting to me during the quarantine. I read a lot of long books in 2020. Figured why not, right? Read Brothers Karamazov, a few others in these Nausgaard books. I'm not going to brag about all the books I read. Guys, that's not what I'm doing here. But this book, this third book, deals primarily with Nausgaard's childhood on this small Norwegian island. And there's these, you know, these small details which are interesting, or at least when they're not interesting, they're, they're comforting to experience. And I didn't love this Nausgaard book, but I liked it. And I I guess that's how I feel about him in general. I find it very comforting. And I thought that this would be a good topic for the show. What do you... What are things that you don't love, but you like? And you find comforting? And so I, I put this... I put a signal out on my social media... And man, did people respond to this. So I want to tell you what people said. Things that they like but don't love. Things that they find comforting but they're not like completely enamored with. And sidebar? Come over here for the sidebar. I don't I can't remember if I talked about it last week, but I got all vaxxed up. I got my first shot of the vaccine. Thank you, Pfizer. This is a paid <laughs> plug for Pfizer. No, it's not. Um, so I'm going to be immune. I'm going to be immune um, like in March. I will have had my second shot. It will have taken effect. So I think I'm going to go back into the studio, guys. It's the opposite of that P. Diddy sketch. I'm going to I'm opening, reopening the studio. And... It will have been about a year that I was out and doing these shows from home. And I think we've learned a lot here. Shows really changed, gotten much deeper. So it'll be very interesting to be going back in the studio and to be broadcasting live. Taking phone calls and bringing that live energy back to the show. So, how many... Let me look at my calendar here. I told our station manager that I would be coming back into the studio on the 6th, March 6th. So that gives this show, that's one, next week, two, three, four, five, five more, five more of these 
shows from home, pre-records. And as we've seen, just because they're pre-recorded doesn't mean that they're not thoughtful and amazing radio, right? But to gear up for that, I've been talking about it, and I'm I'm putting together this sh- this show. I've started doing interviews. It's going to be at least a two episode series, maybe three, on how the internet has changed us. And that's going to be like my uh, swan song for these shows from home before I get back in back down to Bushwick. So look forward to that, and then look forward to some live energy coming in, coming in March. Live energy. Okay, sidebar over. We're back into the main part of the show and the political checkups over too don't think this is that was over okay this is back to the main section <laughs> of the show which i guess would still be the monologue here we go please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and steep into the conversation okay so what did people say when i asked what are things you like but don't love danica said Salads, because who craves a salad? But you eat one and you feel fresh and energized, but not weighed down and hydrated because you just chewed water. Nice. Someone else said, King of the Hill. I can't meet you there. Star Wars side stories. Sure. A lot of people just talked about Star Wars. Great. I'm glad you guys like it. Hot baths. Okay. <laughs> Making different varieties of grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. I... That'd fall into the love category for me, but I am not eating bread. It's a cool thing about me. He said, somebody said Biden went in the election. I don't love it, but I like it and it's comforting. Exactly. You, this this person, that's one holiday. He, he got it. Family friend Kathy said, I don't love living in Kansas, but it's comforting. I have so many f- friends and family here. Okay. Speaking of somebody who was born in Kansas. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. It's just a fact for me. Somebody said, Oatmeal, Cobra Kai Season 3. I haven't started Cobra Kai yet. Not sure. Wine. I agree with wine. I don't love it, but I like it. I've only been drinking wine and not beer or whiskey or any of that stuff. And uh, I don't drink that much of it because I don't love red wine. But I like it. And this person also said Joe Biden. Nice. Like them, don't love them. Most action movies, Ben Folds, uh, post Ben Folds 5. Sure. Don't know about that. Par, whose show Climate Radio SOS is on this station, said The Mandalorian. It goes on about Star Wars stuff. Uh, great. Glad you, <laughs> glad you, glad you like it, Par. Um, my sister said running into an old neighbor. Yeah, that's great. Like it. Don't love it. Monopoly. Scallops wrapped in bacon at a cocktail party. Yeah, I probably never perfectly executed at a cocktail party. It's fine. And John Denver. Reminds me, I have a alter ego John Laramie, and instead of like John Denver's like a Colorado dude, I'm like a Wyoming country singer. (laughs) Somebody, uh, a friend from college, Amelia, said 
To me, this is the definition of nostalgia, liking something and not loving it. I really savor nostalgia, so I'm willing to bet that there is a lot I don't really love, but I like for the memory-feeling sensation I have associated with it. She goes on to say, Fleetwood Mac playing soccer. The majority of side dishes served at Thanksgiving. Yes, except for stuffing, which is just pure love, right? My grandmother's wedding china and the 4th of July all fit the bill. But she said, honestly, now my mind is racing. I need to rethink many things. Wow. Glad to offer so much food for thought. Jennifer says, yoga, the town we live in, dairy-free lattes, my house, NPR, nailed it. My friend Julian says, teaching in person in these times of COVID, all matcha beverages. Yes, and I've been on a matcha kick too. Uh, I'm, I'm going down the matcha rabbit hole. My newfound French cheese store and it's or, organic camembert. Fancy. Agent 23 Skidoo, the kid hop rapper, says faith versus skepticism. My intellect, where I spend most of my time, this is faith, doesn't love the idea of believing in something it can't prove to its most skeptical inquiries, but faith is also comforting. Okay, I get you. Skepticism, I need to prove everything before I can believe it, is annoying to me and I don't love it, as I know it's keeping me from living fully, fully, but it is comforting. Yeah, faith, skepticism, okay, got a nice dichotomy there. That's the tension we all live with. Tom Chalmers, co-host of Steve Sachs Syndrome Radio, said Cards Against Humanity, Bluegrass Jam Bands. Uh, I guess these are, he thought it was things that John hates uh, uh, and champagne. Yes, um, I do not love champagne the next day. Major hangover insider. Jake Frankel's sister Dana says going for a walk in the cold, crappy pizza and other people's dogs. That I, I think she nailed it there. Like it, don't love it. Friend from college, Corey, says Danny blend instead of dandy blend instead of coffee. What is dandy blend? Dandy blend? It's a coffee alternative? This stuff. Why? Herbal coffee, smoothness and texture of real coffee? Gluten-free and caffeine-free, rich, full-bodied taste? I don't know, man. I do not know. She agrees on Cobra Kai Season 3 with Jake. Running for exercise? Man, I want to start running. I'd love that. Not like it. Fake cheese and side hugs. Pretty good. So, that's that sets that's kind of sets the tone. Like it, but don't love it. And it's funny that Amelia talked about nostalgia, because I sat down and, and I wrote down some thoughts that I had, which I'd like to share with you. But first, let's rock out for a second to the outro of the Roots song, What They Do. Check it out. I love this, the vibe on this.
So, for me, Shit's Creek is is one of the things I, I like and is comforting, but I don't love. Although it's getting better, we're in, it's about to start season four. I'm starting to see what people are saying. The NBA, I, I uh, like it, but I'm, I'm trying to love it. I feel like if I watch enough games, I'll get into it. I want to I want to regain that feeling that I used to have watching the NBA. If will it come back if I watch enough games? Please tell me it will. But the whole thing started with this Nazgard book. And on my way back from getting my vaccine, I was wanted to put on some music and kind of inspired by my talk with Sam Harris and his recommendations for different kind of new agey synth minimalist music i put on some steve reich particularly the song music for mallet instruments voice and organ and i i wrote along with it and it reminded me of the color purple not the movie although that movie was great but this song sounds really purple to me. And I remember purple was really big in the 90s. At least it was for me. And my parents let me paint my wall and my tri- the like trim on my the molding in my room. My brother helped me paint a peace sign, a purple peace sign and a guitar. And I and then I cut out all these things like uh pictures from Rolling Stone and different magazine and taped them to the wall. You remember when people would do that? Do people still do that? Like a huge collage of rock stars on your wall. And I like to recreate my spaces in my house. My parents gave quite a bit of leeway to do so, which I'm thankful for. I think growing up in suburbia in a relatively big house with my brother gone and my sister gone, I had like the choice of of, uh, three bedrooms a lot of emptiness in the house and I had everything I needed except like something there was a deep kind of emptiness that I felt my brother and sister gone in this big suburban house I think that's kind of part of why I I'm so attracted to New York more people around smaller places less space for that kind of haunting emptiness But I like to make special hiding places in my house from the time that I was little. There was this little place where it used to be a bar, uh, the previous tenant of the house, previous owner. But we kind of turned it into this little storage space where you'd open it up as like a trunk that was built into the wall. It's hard to describe what it was, but I could climb in there and hide if I scrunched down I was small enough. Could go in there. Could go in there with a friend. I put like um, garbage pail kid stickers on the on the wall. If you shut the lid of this little storage space, it would be pitch black. When that got too small, there was also this space underneath the stairs. It's kind of the sports closet, but I would make it into like this clubhouse. There's a space up in the attic where you could hide. But it's wild to have such a relatively big house to explore and when I couldn't sleep sometimes I'd go into a a different bedroom my brother's bedroom or my sister's bedroom see if I could fall asleep there but sometimes I would just sleep on the floor that was the only place I could 
and fall asleep. Get right down on the floor with like a sheet and a pillow. Sometimes my waterbed, I, I was a very 90s thing. The waterbed, sometimes the waterbed bothered me. I needed the opposite. I needed a floor bed. But man, we really thought we were onto something with the waterbeds in the 90s. Everybody had one, right? And I ended up getting rid of mine, and I just wanted a single mattress. Like a twin, twin-sized little mattress, and I put it right on the floor and slept on that for a while. But my parents let me do that kind of thing. But looking back on it, there's always this... There's always this emptiness... I also remember from my childhood playing with action figures and creating whole worlds, whole narratives. I'd be doing that for hours. Wouldn't it be great to be able to transcribe what you said, what I was narrating? But sometimes things would break me out of my, my trance, my, my world. Something that always did was the music of U2. My dad would blast U2 or my brother when they were like working out or something. Like this, the song Bad. And it would break the spell and I'd just have to stop. Stop playing, stop my imaginary world here to and listen to uh, Bono. Something about the emotional tone of the music made my imaginary world seems silly all of a sudden.
So yeah, you two would stop me in my tracks. I'd put my action figures down, but I'd start it back up the next day. I played with a hodgepodge of He-Man and Thundercats, Star Wars figures. I had these presidents, these little ceramic presidents that my dad had had as toys that he'd painted with like a little set they'd be like my diplomats and I'd play and play and play and create these worlds but then one day I was playing with my guys as I called them and I remember my brother was watching TV and I realized suddenly he could hear me so I stopped playing and I stopped for good I remember that was the time I became conscious and ashamed of my imaginary world. And, you know, as smart of a person as I am in some ways and all the artistic training that I have, I don't think that I could lay down on the ground on the floor right now, pull out a Thundercat and a green fat pig-looking Star Wars guard character and create, like, compelling drama like I did back then. But it's like uh, getting swept away is something you're allowed to do as a kid. And it's almost something we guard against in adulthood. Don't get carried away, right? Except in, in drink. I think that's why we adults covet the power of alcohol so much. It's one of the few excuses that we have to get carried away. What would life look like if we allowed ourselves the capacity to get carried away by our imagination as adults? It's scary to get carried away. I think that's why I still can't quite write fiction. Just writing this like auto-fiction, memoir-based stuff. It's probably why I like Nausgaard, because... If people like what he writes, then they might like what I'm trying to do. But I remember even in my 20s, I was like, would like watch a movie and fall too deep, and I'd be like, oh, get lost. I remember watching that movie, Vanilla Sky, with Jake Frankel, and we both got out of the movie theater. That's a trippy, weird movie. A lot of rabbit holes. But we got out of the movie and I, I felt like panicky. So 
sucked into the weird reality of that movie, and I never, I didn't feel okay again until I went to sleep. But it makes me wonder, like, if kids get swept away in anything these days, if they don't play with action figures and spend so much of their time just on screens, going into other people's created worlds. I guess Minecraft, at least they can create their own things. But internet, video games, that's somebody else's world. That's not, you're not getting swept up into your own thing. And a scary thing, and maybe I'll explore this, and the how the internet has changed us thing, is maybe if we're, we have this proclivity, this innate kind of thing that we're having kids grow up with, that they are totally okay with getting swept up in the worlds of others making might make us really susceptible to conspiracy and cults and to totalitarianism might be something to worry about or watch the first time I got on an airplane it was to Michigan to visit my grandparents in Alma good old Alma Michigan and I think it was my brother my mom and me on the plane and they they warned me my my brother and my mom warned me about my ears popping and I don't think I noticed it happening when it when we took off, maybe I yawned or swallowed or did something naturally, like to regulate the pressure in my head. So I spent the whole flight just waiting for my ears to 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 pop or to fill up. And then finally, I forgot. I think my my mom had brought some, like bought, you know how you buy like a special coloring book that's unopened a new book or something entertain a kid I was drawing or maybe I'd fallen asleep so by the time we started our descent I was quickly perplexed and scared by the pressure in my head and I cried and cried Then a few years ago, coming back from Chicago with my wife, at that time my girlfriend, my ears got clogged. Uh, as we were descending into New York, I had fallen asleep. I tried to not fall asleep near the end of the flight. 
because you gotta you gotta yawn and pop your ears as you come down. But I just woke up and we were as we were hitting the ground, and my ears were full, and I was yawning and doing all the stuff, and it would. I was able to pop one ear, but my right ear just stayed stuffed. And I couldn't pop it for days. It drove me nuts. Just walking around, trying to yawn. I got like Afrin, sprayed it up my nose. All these decongestants, nothing worked. Then all of a sudden, it's like at a Thai restaurant for dinner. And all of a sudden, there was this loud cracking in my head. And a quick, sharp pain. And then, ah, I could hear again. And it makes me think about my friend who has permanently lost his hearing in one ear. And I can't imagine how tough that must be. He said he still hears weird buzzes and beeps in that ear. Or in his brain, I guess. Like the wires are trying to reconnect on a faulty speaker. Or sometimes it sounds like the wobble you get in your head when like just the back window's down in the car. It's like a weird pressure. Uneven. The ear for me that got clogged is the one, my ear, that my family affectionately calls my scrunch ear. And it's a bit smaller and, well, more scrunched than my left ear. And if I went deaf in one ear like my friend, I would guess it'd probably be that one. I used to get horrible ear infections in it as a kid. And it was an occurrence, talked about nostalgia before, it was an occurrence I now link with my dad telling me stories about India, as he'd do when he tried to calm me down when I was sick, sick as a kid. In the stories, his dogs named Reddy and Teddy would often appear. He'd tell me about the time he got stung by a scorpion or the time he got malaria. I guess there was something I enjoyed about hearing about my dad being sick. When I was sick as a boy, like him him sitting there, lying there healthy next to me, the contrast made it feel okay. If he was that sick back then, I could be okay. So even though the experience was pretty unbearable at the time, I looked back at it with a slight nostalgia. But I feel so bad for my friend. If I lost my hearing in one ear, I I worried it would drive me mad. I remember like when you ask people if which sense they would lose, I think I'd much rather go blind than deaf. But I don't know. You don't know what it's going to be like. And like Joe said, we don't know what fate is going to bring. We don't know how we'll react to it. That's why we got to take care of each other. But I try not to pity my friend because what good would that do? And he seems to be taking it in stride. But I do at least try to remember to be thankful for the things that I have. I wanted to say the little things, but that's not the right word. The use of our senses is about as big as it gets. So I guess I... I guess I should say that I should be thankful for 
the enormous things I have, of which I remain mostly unaware. I guess that is the definition of privilege. If you're listening to this on your computer, you can download the app for your Android or your iPhone. If you feel like dropping us a little duckage, is that a word? You can go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. And while you're there, you can sign up for the newsletter. We hit you up once a month to let you know what's going on. We're moving into a new studio. I'm shutting down the studio. I got to play that. I'm shutting the studio down. The only way I can keep the studio open is if y'all go out and walk to northern New Jersey, give me a set of left-handed golf clubs. <laughs> You've got the golf clubs, it's keys to the studio. Even though Dave Chappelle is losing me, man, hanging out with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, yeah, not a, not a fan of, of uh, Dave Chappelle's choices. You know, and it's like, he's he's hilarious, and he cuts through things, but I noticed when I saw him at Radio City Music Hall with Erica Badu at that series of shows he did there, that man, he's he's busy defending the, the, the most powerful, powerful people. What's up with that? It's like... He cares more about Michael Jackson than he does about uh, Joe Schmo. So yeah, anyway, I'm, we're, we've opened, we're moving into the new studio. Hopefully get a new lease on life, do some live shows, have you guys call in. I might have to start promoting the, the show again once we go live. Get people to call in, have to help you get the whole family back together. Today's show, as it has been for weeks now, is sponsored by City Running Tours. www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Go check out how you can run the city and learn its history. One step at a time. Is that, am I writing copy for them? It sounds like I am. It's like 28 neighborhoods and four of the five boroughs aside from the hellscape that is Staten Island. place out I've been on a big stereo lab kick let's play breakage off of the first song off of dots and loops their 1997 effort I'll talk to you guys next week I hope you have a good week and uh, I got a good how the internet has changed this show coming not next week I don't know what I'm gonna do next week 
Maybe do a freestyle show or something. But we got some good stuff headed your way. For Terry Gross, I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Peace.